The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.16, you're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. Today, again, the 26th of July, Murfreesboro Parks and Rec in studio with us this morning. And starting off this morning, Nate Williams, Parks Director, how are you? Hey, Scott, doing good. How are you today? I'm good, man. What's new? Man, I always appreciate you uh, letting us come on. We've had a busy summer, uh, and we're about to lead into a busy end of summer and fall. We've got a lot of stuff coming up we're excited to talk about. So we're wrapping up our season of camps where we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, participate. And uh, I can't say enough about the staff who've gone really above and beyond to, to put on just a great uh, program of camps this summer. Hey, how many camps have y'all had? Do y'all remember how many camps? I, the actual number, I know we had six weeks of sports camp, and then we had two weeks of volleyball, a cheerleading camp on one side, and then... That's just the athletic side. And then tennis camp each week. I mean, it's... We're outdoor camp. Yeah, probably close to 30 camps that <laughs> like, we put like on. Like a million. Like a million, 30 or a million, something like that. But we <laughs> have multi- multiple camps going on every single week. So uh, any any given you know week during the summer, we have three to four camps going on at one time. So... Um, a lot of kids participating have had just a lot of good responses. You know, I was talking to Rachel. Rachel last week was overnight uh, with one of our camps, I think the zoology camp, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the just the creativity that comes with our staff that that really do their best to make these camps a great experience for the kids uh, is just awesome. Cool. I, I was in the middle of swallowing water. Sorry, I, I turned it right back over <laughs> to you. You're going to talk more. I, <laughs> I can keep going if you want me to. So, so the camps, you know, that's been a long time tradition of Murphy's Bro Parks and Rec, and you guys have had camps. I don't know how. When was Parks and Rec first established? How many years ago? Yeah, was it was that? established in the '40s, technically, and really took off in the '70s and '80s with Dennis Rainier and Mr. Duffy, of course. Uh, but yeah, and Bart Fight. Yeah, it, so uh, it's it's one of those things just just continued to progress and uh, grown to what it is. And we always say we couldn't do what we do without the support that we have from our council and our city administration who really put a lot of trust in us to be able to put out these facilities and come up with new facilities and programs uh, to be able to offer to the public. So we're wrapping up Movies Under the Stars, which is really the first parks and recreation program in Murfreesboro. And it's been long lasting. I think this is our last week of Movies Under the Stars. Uh, so just a lot of summer traditions. Uh, the pool is still open. We'll o- keep the pool open as long as we can, as long as we can keep lifeguards out there and keep everybody safe. But it's been a successful summer, how hot it's been the past few weeks. It's about the only comfortable thing you can do outside. It's been crazy hot. The heat index, yeah. 110, 111 some days this year. I mean, it's been really warm out there for sure. It's Yeah, you'd walk out, it feels kind of soupy with the humidity, right? <laughs> you feel so. like you're walking into an oven or something. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like summer, don't it? It almost does. <laughs> almost does. Now, I, I know recently the Murfreesboro City Council approved plans to move forward with a land swap with Middle Tennessee Electric. Yeah. And that being said, you spoke at one of the city council meetings about some of the ideas that Parks and Rec have moving forward with that property. What we've got to do is really just work with our development services team and see how that's going to play out. I know 
Uh, there's going to be several things on that property, uh, maybe some different city services. We don't know for sure. But what, first off, we have to execute the land swap. And that not, that's not going to happen for um, several months, I don't think. You know, we're, We've got a lot of due diligence. We've got a lot of things that have to be done before that. So it's looking like it, it's going to happen. It's a great piece of property that I think we'll be able to share with other city services. And when it comes to the park, uh, we got a lot of ideas. we got to work with a planner and just see exactly. You know, when we started thinking about West Park, our desires and our needs have changed over the past, you know, four or five years for what we needed to park on the west side of town. You know, you have like the legacy sports complex coming in, uh, some other things that we've done. Uh, we have to look and see what the need is. I think it's going to be a great space for a, a passive park, uh, whatever that looks like, and have uh, some of the things that people have really come to expect and really enjoy with their existing parks on the west side of town. I know the closing date was set for the end of December, I mm -hmm. believe, yeah. and could be moved to February or so. But I guess it all depends on if everything goes as planned. Yeah, hopefully everything goes to plan. Uh, we just don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, we want to make sure we're taking every step that we need to uh, to make it work. And like I said, working with our development services team to come up with the best plan and the best use for that property. Uh, and we're excited that a park element is being considered with that with that uh, piece of property. Hey, another thing that has been talked about a lot is the Greenway. And of course, the Greenway being extended even more. How many miles of Greenway do we have right now? Yeah, we're right at 17. Then we've got the North Murfreesboro Trail that's really popular. Popular. It's a standalone trail right now is 1.37 miles, uh, but Rachel's working really hard working with the Corps of Engineers uh, to work on an extension uh, for the North mm -hmm. Murfreesboro Trail. It'll be another two miles downriver and it'll have a loop and come back on itself. So so that is along the Stones River and that's that's the section of river that eventually what connects to Percy Priest? I, I know it won't go that far. Right. But, uh, Hopefully that, one of these days. So it's going to push on towards Smyrna and then Smyrna has a, a great greenway um, already in place. So you know, the goal is hopefully one of these days we can connect all these greenways and get all the way to Nashville. That would be pretty cool. Hey, do you foresee that happening within the next 10 years or so? I mean, it's good to have a goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're working. You know, the, the big thing for us is just communicating with the Corps of Engineers and communicating with other communities to make sure we all have the same interest and same vision. And I think that is a vision that we all see at our level would like to see happen. Uh, that trail is, is fully funded by the, the Corps of Engineers, uh, thanks to the support of Congressman Gordon, former Congressman Gordon, former Senator Lamar Alexander, who really secured that. So what happens is they, they still own the property, uh, they enhance and build the trail, and then we do a long-term lease uh, for that piece of property and maintain and operate it. So I know it's a good deal for the residents of Murfreesboro. Well, one of the unique things about Percy Priest Lake and the portion in Rutherford County as well, there's no homes directly on the lake. So it, it looks like you're like out in the middle of nowhere for the most part. Yeah, it's one of those things that we have to do when we look at, at projects and what elements can come in the future. We say this would be a goal that we want to get to and say, you know, what processes do we need to take between now and then? So we're excited about just the communication that we're having. We're not guaranteeing anything that it's going to connect or anything, but that's just something that I think uh, City of Murfreesboro, I think Smyrna, uh, Rutherford County, and the Corps of Engineers have all said, yeah, that would be pretty cool to be able to do that. So uh, something that in long term, that's what we want to work toward. And so that North Murfreesboro Greenway Trail, where is that actually going to go once it's extended? So it, um, the Central Valley Trailhead is going to be a good hub, and then you're going to be able to go upriver or downriver. Um, so, you know, you could start at Walter Hill as well. But the new section will be, go from Central Valley Trailhead 
uh, further down river. And then, like I said, it's going to have a loop element to it where, you know, the rest of our greenway doesn't. So it's going to come kind of make that terminus and come back on itself um, to lead you back to the parking lot. And so, Scott, if you want to bring your horse, I know you've good, got yes. horses in your yard. Several. There's going to be an improved equestrian trail that's really popular. Uh, and, and that's a fun thing to see, you know, when, when you well, can get out there. Horses and or the trail? The, the, the people Both. seeing, utilizing the trail yes. is, a, is a fun thing to see. Not, you know, we don't have a lot of horse trails in Murfreesboro. So to be able to offer mm. something like that on the north side of town. Uh, and that's a, already an established horse trail. And so we're going to enhance yeah. that part of the core is enhancing that portion. But then the horse trail will keep on going. And that goes to East Fork Recreation. I think those horse trails, I mean, they have been around for as long as I can remember in Walter Hill, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they go along the river, and some of the areas they went along were pretty rough. Are they still real rough terrain? Some areas are, and again, the enhancement from the core is going to help this first section of it. Um, And then, you know, there's some rough areas, but I, I hiked it recently. It's a gorgeous trail. Now, as you extend that trail and as you extend the greenway as well is there going to be an extension all the way to let's say for example the sulfur springs area where i guess the original trail of tears went through a portion of that area right so you can still get through that um and again you know the the core is focusing on this this next um not quite two miles of trail um, and then the existing trail, it's um, the way I understand it is a lot of the, the horse owners kind of have their own group that help maintain it. Um, and then obviously it is core property. And there is a lot of history in Rutherford County, especially along the Greenway, especially when you talk about Old Fort Park, you've got Fort Rosecran. I, I mean, there's just a lot of history in Murfreesboro along the Greenway. There is, absolutely. I think we lose sight sometimes. We've been working with the National Park mm-hmm. Service at Stones River. Uh, and talking about some of their trail master planning and I think just the rich history that we have from a civil civil war perspective you know I was born in Murfreesboro you've been around your whole life too yeah. I think we lose sight of how in, impactful Murfreesboro was and you know the Battle of Stones River and stuff for the, for the whole Civil War when it comes to the Stones River and the Battle of Stones River I, I know a piece of property was recently purchased where I believe GE used to be and there were talks about city of Murfreesboro and the Parks Department using or utilizing that space that land where GE once was have those talks gone any further at this point yeah we're about to acquire that piece of property it's 42 acres we've been working with the uh, American Battlefield Trust they purchased the property from O'Reilly and then we've been in discussion with them for about nine months uh, and and thankfully with just good coordination with our legal team and their legal team uh, we were able to come to an agreement to purchase that piece of property and preserve that uh, and, you know, it, it'll look at, you know, we're not putting a, a soccer field on or anything. It'll be a very passive park space with some trails, uh, that type of thing. And really look a lot like the existing National Park Service side, too. But the city will uh, add that to its park inventory. Now, is there still a, a big fence kind of encompassing that entire property right there now? There is, yeah. So what we've got to do is once we finalize and execute that and, you know, take, get ownership of it, what we'll do is look at the existing shed that's on there, see if that needs to come down, look at our fencing, signage, that type of thing. But we just can't say enough about uh, the American Battlefield Trust and their willingness and uh, just desire to work with the city and get that, you know, preserved for generations to come. And, and the property is fairly open. Are, are there any trees on that property? Or are there any places where you can actually put some type of tree? 
Yeah, there's we're looking at that right now. It looks like we'll have a good perimeter trail and then maybe a cut through, but we're just in the early phases of that right now. What we'll do is we'll talk to our National Park Service friends and see uh, how that might align with what they have uh, over at the, the McFadden side and just uh, see how that lays out. We haven't designed it yet, but we're, we're excited about how that might turn out. I would think there'd be a way to connect that to the Thompson Lane Green, the Greenway Trailhead because it's fairly close. It's right across the street, and it's right across the street from where our park's administrative office will be uh, within the next year or so. So uh, we're excited. A lot is happening on the Broad Street Thompson Lane corridor. That's right. The city just closed on that property, I think, right? On yeah. Thompson Lane, the, uh, the what is it, a three- or four-story building? It's a, it's a two-story building. Oh, I made um, it a lot bigger. Than yeah, no, <laughs> I like story. I like the way you're thinking, but yeah, <laughs> it, you know, it's a it, great use for a building that uh, didn't have a lot of renters for a long time and stood kind of vacant. Um, I think the vision of, of using some of those buildings and repurposing those instead of building new buildings, we can do it a much more financially beneficial, you know, way. So what we're going to do is we're going to move in. Uh, we're going to have the fire department administrative staff move in on one side of the building, and the parks and recreation administrative staff will be on the other side. So. Hey. And then we, that's where we've outgrown our little house at Barfield. So <laughs> that's right. We've got staff kind of spread across the city, but we'll consolidate our administrative team. Uh, it'll be the first time Thomas and Rachel and I have all been in one office ever in the long time we've been here. So and, and that building is actually on the Stones River. It I is. mean, you can see the greenway behind yeah. it, can't you? Yeah. Okay. So you'll be able to walk right outside and right walk out. to the city hall if you need to. Absolutely, We're hop good. on a bike, okay. ride down. <laughs> yeah, We're good. Just come right downtown. We'll we'll bike to come do WGNS. Yeah, perfect. Well, you could do that theoretically from Barfield. Park we could right do that now. from Barfield, That's, right? Not, you know, a couple. You of can miles. just meet us at Barfield. You're, you know. Yeah. And then we I'll can all that. come down together. So we'll just do it all live from the park each day. <laughs> I think maybe maybe you and I need to get a tandem bike. Might be the best. Oh, thing. that'd be awesome. Yeah. WGNS tandem bike, and we'll just ride that together. Let, let's do. Or, or we could do the horse thing <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> moving on so also going on sportscom they're going to see some renovations there in the near future it, it's been well not too long ago i guess sportscom was renovated not too long ago yeah. but what what's coming up next for sportscom yeah we're excited thomas has been working really hard uh, we've got a big event coming in september and i think thomas can touch on that next but uh, what we're doing with sportscom and the city's allocated funds uh, to address some ADA issues, some accommodation issues that we want to make sure everything is accessible. And uh, we're, we're happy that um, uh, our, our building and codes looked at Sportscom and said this might be a good first project for us to uh, lay out and do. So what we're doing is laying that front entrance area out where it's much more accessible. You know, that's the hub for our Miracle League and a lot of our Advantage Sports programs that we just really pride ourselves on that we can offer to the community. But um, I think when Thomas can explain what's coming in September with Tom, the, he's over the read a magazine. He is. <laughs> but we got something big, big coming that we're all proud of. I know our, uh, I speak for the mayor and council when they say they're excited about being able to host this too because of this facility. And Thomas, tell us what's coming. Uh, in September 16th and 17th, we'll be hosting the Miracle League All Stars. As I'm sure you know, Scott, we host uh, the Miracle League every spring and fall, which is a baseball league for individuals with intellectual and physical disabilities uh, and it's for kids as young as four all the way up to adults uh, so it's been very popular we've consistently had close to a hundred uh, participants in the league every season for the last six years uh, but this is the national uh, event so 120 players from across the country will be converging on Murfreesboro on September 16th uh, and then 
we'll bring them over to Sportscom that Friday night for player events, a party type things, and then the games will be on Saturday. We'll play six games, uh, and it, it's if you've never been to the Miracle League, come out any given Saturday uh, in the spring and fall. It is definitely a, a experience like no other, and uh, we have a wonderful staff. They do their best to create that world-class experience every week. So doing the all-star for the for the Parks and Rec staff is really not a lot of change for them as far as gameplay and how they play because they offer that same level of service every Saturday. Kids, they step in the batter's box, there's a walk-up song, there are pictures on the video board. Uh, and I, I think the most unique thing that we do with our league is uh, we have a volunteer coordinator that works with high school athletes. So when we bring buddies onto the field, every player has a buddy, whether they need assistance or just encouragement. Uh, but we bring in high school baseball, softball players, even uh, multi-sport athletes, football players. But they're always student athletes that are working alongside the Miracle League players. And I think that helps create that bond. Uh, but also helps create a culture of acceptance throughout the school systems as well. So when those high school athletes, they get that connection with our, our kids in the Miracle League, then it's a different approach when they go to school. Uh, and it, it really kind of so helps us have an inclusive community. And you all have over 120 players coming in for that event. For hey, that what, event. What, what is the furthest away that you've heard that somebody's coming for this? Uh, we've got a group out of Puerto Rico. Uh, it's a long drive. It is. <laughs> uh, but they'll come from uh, New York. There's a California group. South Dakota has a big group. We had to, you know, men them, have them bring, you know, cut them back because they wanted to bring so many. But uh, like when I say across the United States, it's across the country. Uh, I believe there's a group out of Hawaii, uh, but. I'm not sure if we have Alaska or not, but we'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll make sure we've, we've just about got everything finalized as far as the players go. Uh, the next time we come, I'll bring a list of, and we can... Bring all the players. Right. Bring everybody. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's events like that, though, that help to fill our hotel space, and, and I know the Chamber of Commerce has been talking recently about how mm -hmm. the hotel stays are up again. In fact, I believe right now they're higher than what they were pre-COVID, Right. so we're seeing a, a lot of we're, positive changes. We're in a, uh, a desperate need of more hotel rooms, and it seems crazy because, you know, along uh, the Avenue Medical Center, there's been hotels popping up, and... Uh, but we're still about, four, I think they averaged from the chamber that we're about four to 5,000 hotel rooms short wow. of what where we need to be. I remember when we used to only have, you know, as far as really nice hotels in the area, Doubletree first opened. I remember when that opened. The then, Garden Plaza. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and that's right. <laughs> yeah. The Holiday Inn Holodome, or, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, right there on Old Fort yeah. at I-24. But we used to have hardly anything you know there's so much going on you know just on the weekends and then if you drive past Seagull Park right now uh, you'll see people in for an event that's happening this week it's always something happening and that's the really the benefit 
and the support that we have to be able to build these facilities and attract people to Murfreesboro who eat in our restaurants, who shop in our stores, and really understand the quality of life in Murfreesboro. And we got to take a short break, but when we come back, I, I want to get an update on the Siegel Park Indoor Soccer Arena. I know that's it looks like it's done on the outside, but inside, I guess it's pretty much an empty Stupid. shell. So we'll, we'll find out more about that in just a second. Murfreesboro Parks and Rec on the air with us this morning. Time right now, 8.35. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family, Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're a pet lover, come see us at Animal City. We have 8,000 square feet of pet products and pets for you to enjoy. Here at Animal City, we carry a full line of pet products to help your pets stay healthy, happy, and well. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest running and only family operated pet store. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who's moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to demasfamilykitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to demasfamilykitchen.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with partial sunshine developing a high in the mid-90s. Tonight's slight chance for rain and storms alone near 75. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 75. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. From the tallest tower in the city limits of Murfreesboro to every radio in the land, WGNS AM FM is everywhere you need us to be. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Again, we're talking Murfreesboro Parks and Rec this morning. With us this morning, Nate Williams, Thomas Laird, and Rachel Singer from the Parks and Rec Department. Uh, before that last break, we mentioned, I don't know what we mentioned, about 100 things. Yeah, I think uh, the Siegel uh, building was yeah, the main thing. That's right. That's Siegel called a tease in the industry, right? That, that's you right. teased it before. But you have break. to remember what it was <laughs> yeah. you teased. Yeah. Uh, but I think I just recalled it. Yeah, it was the yeah. uh, indoor soccer arena at yeah. Siegel. So tell us more about yeah. that. Because it looks it so looks massive. We've got seven of our eight fields that we were converting from the natural to uh, synthetic turf fields, and that's just paying dividends already. Uh, the amount of play we can get on those, the tournaments that we have in, uh, the recreational play that we can get out of those, along with our, our local partners and the, the the teams that we work with, are just getting a lot more usage. So we got seven of the eight. The eighth is the indoor facility. It's a hundred thousand square foot indoor performance center is what we're calling it. So it's a practice facility, a place where people can come, escape the elements. Uh, any given day in the summer, it's going to be probably about 20 degrees cooler than outside. So we can escape rain, we can escape snow, we can escape heat. 
they can use it for a lot of different things and it's regulation soccer field inside when it's done uh, so we will play actual games in there so, and, and how many fields will be in there one full one full field, field okay. that can be broken down for performance training and other ways but um so where we are now is we've got the structure complete and that's the big shell that everybody sees and it's like um, 16 massive fans on the side of uh, or each side of it it looks yeah those crazy. are the, the louvers that take the air across and then we've got big fans that blow uh, cooler air down so uh, air is going to be circulating in there constantly so what we're, what we're working on now there was four months of electrical work to get done we're nearing the end of that so we're about three weeks away from that after that uh, they come in and they install of our safety netting and our safety padding in there and then our field uh, contractor comes in and installs the synthetic surface and then we're ready to play ball. So what is under the synthetic fields? Because it feels weird to walk on. Yeah, so it's it's a rub sur rubber surface, uh, it's infill, and it's supposed to mimic the actual surface of a natural field. Uh, and it's very safe to play on, but underneath the outdoor fields is a system of uh, uh, drainage and headers that catch rainwater and take it to the, the stormwater runoff. Uh, inside is different because there's no rain, so it's basically just a, a, a gravel pad that it goes onto. Well, it, it's cool though. I, I mean, I don't know of a lot of cities that have those synthetic soccer fields. Not many know? do. We're we're lucky. Uh, Siegel, with these improvements, uh, and then our partnership with the Tennessee State Soccer Association, has become really a destination for soccer development. Uh, we've got some fun things that we're going to be uh, kind of unrolling rolling out in the next couple months of uh, uh, competitive soccer uh individuals who are coming to stay for a while and you know be able to stay here in apartments and uh, train every day monday through friday just a lot of things that are coming down the pipe but it's really a destination people have learned especially with these new fields that it's so playable uh, that our staff work really hard to keep it clean and functional and we keep it open as much as we can to fulfill our goal of making you know making it pay for itself and more and it's just proven dividends uh, already with a facility that's not even fully open yet yeah, well, with the uh, Seagull project is catering more towards that competitive soccer side. We're also building a, a restroom, a permanent restroom facility down at the Jordan Farm where we have six lighted fields uh, where our recreation programs, the Mercer Soccer Club hosts recreational programs and, and there's two or three other leagues that play there. So just a big restroom. Well, it's restroom yeah. pavilion, Welcome. but it's a, uh, I mean, it's improvements across the board you know the citizens but you're, you're talking about that's going to be surrounded by all the the soccer fields and then what what else will be out there well they're separate there's six separate fields at the end of cherry lane there on the what we call the jordan farm so it really allows us to separate those big tournaments from the recreational saturday prior we weren't able to host big tournaments while rec, rec the rec program was going on uh, but now the rec has facilities to be able to play yet so it doesn't cut back now we're able to do both host a recreational saturday play in addition to hosting a tournament at the same time so so eventually will there be you know different fields from you know all the way from i guess the the va area down to leanna road or is it going to stop at we're i think we're we have 21 fields total there are 15 at the original seagull park uh, and then we have six down on the jordan farm which is at the end of cherry lane uh, and i think that'll be sufficient with legacy coming in yeah. then that'll 
that ought to handle all the soccer that needs we have. The, the gap that legacy will fill uh, as far as providing some of those sports fields that we're underserving our community is going to be tremendous for us. And then we can focus when it comes to our parks, maybe on different types of venues uh, and then partner with them for the really big events. And that's what I think people, once legacy is in place, um, you know, right now we host national tournaments. Uh, when we have the fields on at Legacy, it's uh, in combination with our 21 fields, uh, the sky's the limit as far as what types of events that we're going to be able to host. And the whole Legacy thing, I mean, that's going to be brand new to this area, brand new to Tennessee, really. We don't have anything like it. Right. But it's kind of like, uh, you know, Disney's wild, wild world of sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it reminds me of. Right. I think if people are curious about... Uh, what's coming? I think you know you can search in Mesa, Arizona. They've got a facility that's already open, uh, and you'll be able to see exactly what they're doing. I do know they're in the planning phases right now. Uh, we've seen some of the design of what that's going to look like, and it uh, looks like it's going to be a great amenity for our community. Um, but uh, you know, once it goes through the planning process, I think they're going to be excited to tell all the details about what's coming, and then lay out the exact timeline. It's interesting what's coming to Murfreesboro. I mean, it, it has grown so much over the years. It's hard to believe that. We're in Murfreesboro still when you drive around. <laughs> well, I was talking with someone the other day, and literally you could eat at a different restaurant every night for over a year. That would be expensive, but yes. <laughs> it you, would, but it could. There you is could. some choices. There's so many restaurants here, <laughs> and it wasn't too long ago, it seemed like you know restaurants were the big thing opening up, and, and now it's literally everything opening up every day. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's certainly grown, and you know our parks are... Our customer base, everything has grown, and you know we have a hard time getting part-time employees uh, and to cover all the. You are needing more yeah. part-time employees I, right now too, right? I think that's something that we're always looking for, and there's a, just a wide array, just a diverse offering of jobs from lifeguards to officials to facility attendants. Uh, I can't say enough, uh, and in vouching for the experience you can get in parks and recreation, especially some of our jobs you can get hired in high school or college, uh, but just how flexible we are and can be with schedules because we're open at our most of our facilities from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. So, so we need people after school. We need people before school. People want to work just yeah. weekends. You know, if we have yeah. someone, oh, I'd, I'd love to work just Sundays. Uh, we have positions that kind of fit in line with that and just work at night. So if, if it's odd hours that you're looking for or looking to pick up extra work and stuff, definitely check us out. We offer a lot of on-the-job training, too. Uh, it's something, you know, our staff uh, work really hard and get to experience a lot of different things. So uh, it's just I can't – I started out part-time. Uh, I think, you know, Thomas started out, you know, a long time ago, has been around for a long time. But we, uh, we've been here for a long time, and we have amazing staff, and it's a lot of fun to get to work. Uh, with all the people we get to and we're always trying to grow that team and then in addition to the parks hiring there's also different leagues that come here utilize mm -hmm. the fields they have their own concession stands right, right. they hire as well i mean there's just it a is. lot of there's lot of work available right and a lot to be done within the park so you know a lot of people think oh well nobody's going to want to hire me for 12 hours a week but we have some <laughs> positions where you know that kind of fits in uh, really nicely so and of course pay has gone up too over yeah. the years Absolutely. we've been fortunate to be able to compensate our staff uh, I think really well and very competitively so if you if you, any of your listeners have an interest or if they have kids or family members that are interested uh, feel free to give us a call if there's any uh, you know you can go to murfreesbrotn.gov and look at the jobs that we have open and we'd be glad to talk through that with somebody they can come in and sit down we can show everything that's open and um, see if it might benefit them to join the team and then also going on you have the Greenway Art Festival which I believe is coming up soon when, when is that going to be 
So the Greenway Art Festival is September 17th, and it's held at Old Fort Park. Um, it'll be 10 to 4. Uh, so definitely save the date for that. It's always a great time. We've got great artisans that come out, and um, uh, we'll have music and food and um, all sorts of performing artists. What I really want to stress today is that we are looking for those artist vendors. So that is open right now. Um, if you want to participate as a vendor, uh, go to our website, murfreesboroparks.com, uh, Greenway Art Festival, and you'll find um, the link to sign up for that. So uh, it's really it's a, a cheap uh, vendor fee, and um, you know all of our artists always have a wonderful time there, and they, they always do really well. And is this the first year that it's back since COVID, where it's in person? Person or is it the second? So it really is the first year. Last year we were ready to go and we got rained out. Um, ah. Torrential rains. We we hate to cancel, but that one um, there was really no way around it. So but Rachel's guaranteeing perfect weather. Perfect this weather year. this Good. year. It's it's such a great event too to go to because it's right when the weather starts changing. Mm-hmm. Get out early and it's usually just a crisp morning uh, and you can get out and enjoy the day. So yeah, and usually we do have perfect weather. It's just been just been a few. <laughs> and it's in Old Fort Park. How how long because I know it's along the Greenway how long of an area does it cover it really um, we kind of pack those artists in um, on the on the trail that wraps behind kids castle so it goes from golf lane um, around kind of around the old tennis courts is what we call it sometimes we've gone over the bridge so it really just depends how many vendors we have sign up um, in years past we've had uh, you know 75 plus and because it's at old fort park it's one of those events where there's plenty of parking available Mm -hmm. there's yep there's great parking um you can just really make a day of it or it's easy to pop in and and leave if you've got a a ball game to get to or something else you can always park at cannonsburg too and enjoy the walk or (laughs) the ride down the greenway but it's not too bad you know there's other places you can go uh, to just access it i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people just drop in and see what's going on Uh, there's going to be entertainment some uh some bands some performances uh good relaxing morning it's always a fun day and that's coming up again september 17th the greenway art festival and then i know you mentioned cannonsburg that's another thing that i don't think a lot of people realize murfreesboro even has especially if they're new to the community but that was the original name of murfreesboro yeah for a little while it was and then in 1976 uh mayor westbrooks decided that they wanted to do a bicentennial project so it was built with all buildings brought in from around rutherford county and put in in this property to replicate really just a early kind of pioneer village Uh, and it's just a lot of demonstration areas from the 1700s to the early 1900s and it actually won third place in the bicentennial contest uh and uh, i think the city won some money from that so so is there on. anything coming up there in recent days yeah, or it is up? it's worthy to note that that is home to the world's largest cedar bucket <laughs> that, that's true the it, world's the, largest. which was you featured can, on jeopardy yeah and you can get a, <laughs> was it really? yeah it was you can get a t-shirt with a cedar bucket on it can so. you really at, yeah. at cannonsburg of course we got our own merch out there no, can't I, pass I, that up I, I know the original one was uh, burned down yeah. Some, an arsonist attacked that sucker it, the, it the caught hardware's on, still there yeah we, it caught on fire and in 2011 our a group of from our local blacksmiths rebuilt 
It took, I think, two years to rebuild the actual cedar bucket, and they used the same hardware from the, the first one. Well, there used to be a cedar bucket factory in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. There was, it yeah. was down by the radio station tower. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, yeah, there's a lot of, I guess, history with the cedar bucket, and that's the reason for it, right? You asked what, if there are any plans for Cannonsburg. I think as we develop uh, this bottoms area, as the city's working on that, I think there's a concerted effort to look at Cannonsburg and what's being offered out there in the facility and see how we can continually improve and see how we can make that area match what the, the revitalization of this you know corridor along broad street is going to be and i think cannonsburg is going to be a key piece in that so we're looking at those plans and seeing what might come down the pipe to uh, to do there and the daylighting of town creek i know yeah. that's been talked about for the last 50 no not 50 <laughs> years it's, it's been something time. i think you were involved with those discussions you know and i think from a community standpoint that's one of the most popular things that have, has ever been discussed you yeah. know as far as opening that up it, it just it universal support for how that could change really this and i know our, our economic development team over at city hall is, and our development services team are really looking at that and seeing what that could look like and i've talked to them some and seen some preliminary plans of what that might look like and uh, just as a, as, a, as a local i'm excited to see what might happen in the years to come of course they're going to build a bridge across broad street so that that way folks in downtown murfreesboro can just walk across broad over the bridge and into the area where the town creek's going to be opened up yeah, it's it, it's going to be something i think uh when we look back years and years and years from now it's going to be a staple that i think that uh, people say i'm glad they did that back in you know when it was done yeah whatever year that's gonna whatever be. year that's gonna be and then there's also talk of another outdoor concert venue in that area that was one of the things that a lot of yeah. folks talked about wanting in the bottoms area yeah. is that something that could actually happen in the future you know you say could uh, it's something that we would like to keep cannonsburg a viable place to be a venue for music uh, so that's just the early way of saying that we don't, I'm not promising a venue, but I'm saying that we want, we've got space that we've seen before can be used for music venues, for entertainment venues. And I think that will be a, a, an element at Cannonsburg and the green space along the the, uh, the Greenway. And then also coming up, I'm looking at the different events here, Labor Day pool party, September 5th. Uh, now, when does, when does the pool close at Sportscom for the season? So we go in, we, we alter our hours after Labor Day. That's when schools go back in. But we offer some uh, different hours, uh, some times where people can enjoy maybe just the play area, maybe some uh, some mom and tot time where it's not as busy with all of the families out there. So uh, we'll be putting that up um, on our webpage once it's determined, MurfreesboroParks.com. Uh, but we gauge that and see what hours we can be open and we try to offer it as long. I know we op- keep the weekends open for several weeks after Labor Day, uh, but the traditional Monday through Friday uh, times adjust quite a bit. Then the uh, Hummingbird Festival, how do you let hummingbirds know that there's a festival that's going to be taking place? Rachel's got a locally. special call and she's got it with her. She won't do it because they'll just flock the office. Right, right. right. Pick our eyes out. <laughs> so the Hummingbird Festival, that's going to be September 3rd. Where is that going to be? That is at the Wilderness Station and and uh, we've got a lot of hummingbirds, but um, that time of year they're they're gearing up for their long journey to Central America, so they're feeding a lot to our feeders. Um, and so we take that opportunity and we just celebrate them and um, you know have lots of educational experiences for people to learn about um, the hummingbirds. And then we do have a national bander that always comes out. And she's there in the morning and the afternoon, and so she will actually capture these these little guys and put um, a tiny bracelet around their ankle, and then she takes a whole bunch of data points too. I, I, so. I was going to ask about that because I know TWRA does certain studies on different animals in Tennessee. Is the hummingbird one of them that they are involved with? 
TWRA, um, they they don't have any banders, um, and so I mean they're they're of course interested in the in the data that they get from from these master banders. So I think there's only three master banders in the state. Oh, wow. um, it's it's a pretty pretty neat designation there. So we're we're happy to have her with us on that day. Hey, are are there any developments? You know, I remember not too long ago there were reports of a of a bear being spotted in DeKalb County, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You always hear about bears coming closer to middle tennessee are, are there any more reports of stuff like that happening i haven't heard any bears in this area but um yeah they they do come down from the plateau sometimes when they get pushed out by mom and um looking for their own territory and um you know twra works with them for sure and, and tries to push them back into a less populated area but it's wild how many animals we do have locally i know i've seen red fox out by barfield mm-hmm. park multiple times raccoons a lot of those um, what what are some of the larger animals that you've heard reports of? Oh well, <laughs> heard okay. reports of, not confirmed. Okay. <laughs> mountain lions, the mountain lions. Those okay. those are always the ones that uh, that you hear about. So you know, there's there's the pet trade about that goes on too, ago. which is unfortunate. So it doesn't mean that the wild ones are coming in. Um, a lot of times those are, um, you know, from illegal pet trade type situations but um our local wildlife you know it's it's important that we have these areas like parks to be able to conserve um and to protect these guys because they are getting pushed out it's fortunate for us too we have barfield that's you know now 473 acres Mm -hmm. with the addition of oakwood farm on the back and to be able to take a city the size of ours and expanding so fast and be able to designate these areas as really just a, not a preserve, but preserve the space and the land that nothing's going to be developed on that. That's something that we're really fortunate to have and be able to have the responsibility to manage those areas. And it is interesting, the large number of wildlife that is out there, um, rattlesnakes, you know, that's something you always hear about. Are there still rattlesnakes in the Barfield Park area? Mm-hmm. There are. Yep, we've got the timber rattlesnake. Uh, it's really a shy species of snake. I know that snakes get a bad rap, and you know some some people want every snake dead, and especially if it's a venomous one. But um, our rattlesnakes are really important to the ecosystem, and they uh, try their best to stay out of your way. They do not want to be seen by a human. So we haven't had any reports um, in the last year or so, but we know that they're there. Isn't there actually a state law that says you can't kill? snakes or there certain is. species of snakes it's all it's all, all snakes. snakes are protected so rachel mm-hmm. i know we had an instance one time where somebody brought a rattlesnake into the wilderness station that they had found right they literally picked it up and I, they brought through <laughs> so yeah i don't know how they i think the message that we want to send out is that they're there they're important mm-hmm. they're shy you know just let them be <laughs> i think yeah. that's the the, yeah. the you just gotta chase I him think, down and just yeah. let it go <laughs> i mean a rattlesnake go. actually gives you a warning don't yeah. mess with me don't touch me don't step on me yeah. you know i think that's pretty nice I, I i don't think i want to catch a rattlesnake <laughs> that person probably didn't go to rutherford county schools or something I don't this know. person was a high school senior at the Man. time and he captured it because his dad always kills rattlesnakes and he did not want to see this rattlesnake killed so he actually had really good intentions it's just a rough thing to um, capture yes <laughs> potentially fatal thing to capture right, I would guess. Right. Some people mm-hmm. like to live on the edge like <laughs> that's that. Right. Scott. I don't, maybe that's safer than skydiving. Fast cars and uh, 
rattlesnakes. <laughs> That's right. So there are rattlesnakes still at Barfield Park, but uh, no reports of anybody really coming in contact with them recently, so that's good. No. No bears either. No, no bears, bears either. Yeah. <laughs> or mountain lions. Uh, bobcats. Are, are there bobcats? There are them? bobcats, yep. And they, they will not harm you. Again, another shy animal would rather not be seen by you. Um, now, you can hear those at night. Don't they make a weird scream sound? Kind of like scream of a woman. That's what I thought. It can yeah. catch you off guard for sure. Why, why do they do that? That's just their call. <laughs> I think, you know, the wilderness station right now has, I was in there just the other day, has a lot of education animals on display. we got some of the different uh, snakes that can be seen. Uh, and I think that's some of the things that you can take your kids by or go see yourself, what, what the snakes look like, see how they actually move around. And um, it's a interesting thing to see. Hey, have you got one of the rattlesnakes no. in there? No. <laughs> that, that one's not in there, huh? Not in there. <laughs> and for more information on anything parks related, I guess murfreesboroparks.com is a place to go. Yeah, really yes. simple. murfreesboroparks.com that has an updated calendar. Uh, there's always something to do. Um, this is the, the busiest we've ever been from a department and the, the programs and events that we offer. Um, it's multiple things, I'd say dozens of things between all of our facilities every single day. So there's always something to do every day, every weekend, uh, all ages. Uh, look at it at murfreesboroparks.com. Sounds good. Again, Nate Williams, Rachel Singer, and Thomas Laird with us this morning from Murfreesboro Parks and Rec. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Thank Scott. You.